You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. You can download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, at Not of the Scribe, and of course, at David B. Walker. The OG is back with us once again. David, how are you doing, man? I'm exhausted, guys. 10.30 basketball is, <laughs> is too much for, for this, this old guy. I, the NBA did his Hornets fans dirty. So what they did was they had us go on a West Coast road trip right before the All-Star break. They give us like a two-week break, and then they send us out West once again for a five-game trip out there. And it's is this is uh, the second 1030 tip that we've had, right? Yeah, Portland was the first one. God almighty. I mean, it's late. And, you know, I've got these damn sports center updates to do. So I'm staying up late and then I'm staying up later to try to get the audio from a James Borrego and the players that speak afterwards. It's rough. I hear you, David. It's real rough to watch those games out west. Hornets not off to a great start out there. Oh, and two. It was always going to be tough to win one of those games against Denver. And then certainly the second night of a back-to-back against the LA Lakers doesn't get any easier. They got the Clippers on Saturday. I mean, it's a gauntlet. So we'll see how they're able to navigate through this West Coast road trip. Before we dive into the rest of the topics on the show today, it's NCAA tournament day. Uh, I know I'm excited as hell. So what about you guys, David? I know you're a big North Carolina fan. They got Wisconsin. I've got them beating the Badgers and then I've got them losing to Baylor. I just couldn't do it. Like as much as I love the way the heels have been playing down the stretch, I couldn't get them past Baylor. How far do you got the heels going? Ooh, yeah. I mean, that's the popular route. I think I, I, this is total one game at a time scenario for Carolina. You never know who's going to show up. So I'm just hoping that that team that played well in the ACC tournament shows up and not the other brand of the Tar Heels from this year. Right. And so we'll, we'll take what we can get with one game at a time, survive in advance, right? Uh, that's that's what they say. We'll see if North Carolina can do it. Uh, Nada, do you care at all about the NCAA tournament? <laughs> Look, uh, all I again, the only thing I care about is being right about Gonzaga blowing away the field. That's you think it. so? You think they're oh, just yeah. going to march through the entire way, huh? Yeah, the last time they had this many pros on a team, they made it to the they at least made it to the championship game. So this time, I think I think they do win. I think they slaughter everybody this year. They've been it awesome. feels like Gonzaga should do it during the pandemic season for some reason. I don't know why. Just just feels fitting. <laughs> this is their time to finally win right. the championship. Exactly. Yeah, it has to. It, it's the pandemic that alters everyone else that allows Mark Few to get his first championship. I'm excited for it. 12-15, Virginia Tech, Florida, the first game uh, later on today. Uh, can't wait. It's my favorite event of the year. But also, Charlotte Hornets. Hopefully, we can get to some meaningful basketball for them once we get to the postseason. They're still fighting for that shot. They're in the postseason as it stands right now in the Eastern Conference standings, but they have to try to survive. Talk about surviving and advancing. I mean, you're just flat out trying to survive this West Coast road trip with how awful it is. They played the Lakers last night. They get beat. It was ugly in the first half. They got down by a lot, and there were a lot of people turning their TVs off, and then in the third quarter, 
they come out with an 11 point advantage and they actually show some fight. They tie that ball game up and then they're kind of within striking distance within the second half, but never really able to get over that hump. LeBron would make a big play. Dennis Schroeder was good last night. He was able to score 22 points, nine of 19 from the field, but it was LeBron going off once again, 37 points, eight rebounds, six assists, hit four three pointers, went 14 of 22 from the field. LeBron hates the Charlotte Hornets, and it's only because Michael Jordan owns the damn team. I mean, he hates them. He destroys this franchise. Uh, One of the best players of all time. You're talking top two. He beats everyone, and yet still there is a special place where LeBron just destroys this specific franchise time and time again, and he legitimately hates Michael, right? Like, that's not something we're making up at this point. No, I don't think he hates Michael. I, I don't think he hates him at all. (laughs) <laughs> but what I do think, no, but what I do think is it's like the one thing that LeBron likes doing is establishing dominance. And he doesn't do it in the Michael way where Michael would just bankrupt your house and then make sure that you can't make any more money. No, he just does it on the court and does it in a dominant fashion to where those those hits are going to be viral and everything else like that. Think about that. I, I just think about that second quarter, um, second quarter three pointer that he hits on Cody Zelle. He's like, oh. Cody Zeller's on me. Alma hit this thing fading away onto this into the sideline, basically into the crowd. That's what I'm going to do. He makes all of this look so easy. And he just makes he, and he's like, look, I'm gonna drop 37. I'm not gonna make it look like I'm working all that hard. <laughs> and I'm going to establish dominance, not over this team again, but over the young pup that everyone's getting yeah. that's getting all these clicks. And I think that was the more important thing. Yeah, that was definitely the thing. I mean, a couple of bad signs going into this game. One was supposed LaMelo shade at LeBron, which I thought was a little silly. And then once he starts coming out, hitting those threes, like you mentioned, Nada, that's never a good sign. But I'm agreeing with you, Walker. Like, I was not a big believer in this theory uh, early on. But, like, every time he plays the Hornets, no matter how good they're playing, how well they're playing, you know, no matter what they're doing, he shows up to beat MJ's team. I think that's a real thing. Uh, He's the most aware superstar maybe we've ever had. He knows what's going on. He knows what time it is. And he always brings it when he, when he faces the Hornets. Uh, This was one I kind of thought they could maybe sneak a win in there because without LeBron, especially without AD Lakers, you know, are, are not the same team, but they do have LeBron and that's a problem. Yeah. And their defense is fantastic. And not, I know, I know you tweeted this out. I think Nikias actually, Nikias Duncan just wrote a piece on how good the Lakers defense has been this season. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, as far as the look, the word hate, okay. That might be a little strong. That might be embellishing on a fact that LeBron just <laughs> is fully aware. That's probably a better word to use when he's playing Michael Jordan's team, but not you can't tell me there ain't more stank face on that guy. Uh, for any other team than when he plays the Charlotte Hornets. And I'll always go back as well to LeBron looking at Michael on the breakaway dunk when he played, I think it was the Bobcats. I think it was, mm-hmm. back then. maybe it was like the early Hornets when they came back, but he's looking right at Michael Jordan when he dunks it. And we know that Michael has always had more of the affinity for Kobe. We know the public comments from Michael that are favor and in, uh, in favor of Kobe. We were also aware of the, relationship that those two had and Kobe and LeBron also had a relationship like LeBron knows what it is with Michael. And I do think the way that MJ operates, it's the only time that he's ever truly felt threatened by a guy that could possibly take that crown. 
And we know that Michael hates that. I think this is real. And I also think both of you guys are right too with this LaMelo thing. That's real. There, there is established evidence that my, uh, that LeBron will destroy the highly touted rookie just to let everyone know, yeah, you're not messing with me. We also saw it yesterday when LaMelo started to get a little saucy at the three-point line with LeBron. Mm. And then LeBron just decides to tackle him. No, nah, I, I ain't playing that. I'm not a, about to get embarrassed. And it, he he looks at him like that, man. I I think there were a couple of different motivating factors. Michael Jordan, Lamelo, finally the Hornets finally having some type of star that we're breeding right now. A couple of different things uh, I think you uh, Lebron using as an edge. Yeah, of course he does. And the big thing about this is right now, like that game last night came down to just physically, just being a very physical team and. For the most part now, the Hornets are a finesse team. They're a team that if they will out-finesse you, but they will not out-physical you. And honestly, like LeBron plays into that because LeBron is just so damn physical. And he's so big, and he just goes wherever he wants, and he takes whatever he wants, especially against the Charlotte Hornets. So, like, and when you get a LeBron at the five matchup, like LeBron's going to playing the five, like it's game over. There's no way, especially with the Hornets and their weaknesses at center are going to match up. So it, like I see that and it's just like, he's, he's always just going to beat us until he retires. And I can't wait till he retires. <laughs> would, it, it would be nice. It's never happening. Not, no, exactly. He's going to play till he's 50 probably. <laughs> but at the same time, it's just one of those things. Like I just need him to go away for a little bit. Or at least not play the Hornets for a while. Yeah. I mean, the Hornets didn't do themselves any favors last night, right? Either guys, I mean, all five starters in the negative on the plus minus column. And, you know, and really a no show from Gordon Hayward. And they've got enough guys to make up for that on some nights, maybe even most nights, but not against LeBron and not with uh, just zero defense, really, when they're trying to come back and then over, overcome uh, the Lakers you know, on, on a uh, comeback against them with a lead. So, you know, they didn't play their best last night. They played well in that third quarter, but JB even said it, their, their margin for error is basically nothing. And so they have to play well against the best teams of the league. Yeah. I want to get to some of JB's other comments. He was not happy at the beginning of that press conference. He was very much so not happy. And there were some interesting other storylines just within the Hornets outside of LeBron outside, even of the bigger storyline in LaMelo. Some guys got pulled. James Brago, just not happy with, you know, you mentioned Gordon Hayward's performance. Let's get to that in the second segment. Bet online. AG is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and the NCAA tournament, they're in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, and they have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. What did JB exactly have to say after the game last night? We'll talk about it next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. You have gone to that in an after-school special show, <laughs> and you've gone to that in a shoe show with David Walker, the OG. I, you have gone back to the clerk's well for so many different references. It's quite impressive. Because clerk, here's the thing, though. Clerks, clerks 1 and Clerks 2 tell you everything you need to know about the service industry and, for the most part, about life. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 
Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with Locked On Today's podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on all the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. You can follow the Locked On Today pod wherever you get your podcast. Let's dive into Gordon Hayward's performance a little bit more. He missed a real bad bunny in this one. He goes three of eight from the field. This is not the first time that Gordon Hayward has struggled within the last few games or so that they played. In the last two games, Gordon Hayward has scored seven points apiece. In fact, in the last two games, he's only attempted 15 shots from the field, and he only made three in each of the last two games. Had the really good contest against Sacramento, where he's got the dunk on De'Aaron Fox and is a huge part why they win. But even the game before that against Toronto, seven field goal attempts and only nine points. Three times in the last four games where Gordon Hayward has only scored single digits. You know how many times it's happened before then? Zero. It happened zero times uh, before these last three games that he's had. And even the field goal attempts, they're just not there. James Borrego mentioned that he needs to get Gordon Hayward more shots, but I believe it was Rick Bennell who asked James Borrego about how pleased JB has been with Gordon Hayward's play recently. Really? And look, it's not like he was mad, but he's frustrated. He was saying, look, Gordon Hayward had 10 assists, had nine rebounds. Got to find a way to get him more shots, but he was pretty short. What do you guys make of the way that Gordon Hayward has played outside of Sacramento recently? Like at this point, I am not of the mind to like bash Gordon Hayward, but for $30 million and even in a year that I don't expect much, you can't have single digit shot attempts in three of your last four period. And I want to, I want to be the one to give grace because at the same time, I get it because the flow, the flow chart's not there. And we've seen when this team is at its best, Terry gets a lot of shots and Terry takes and makes a lot of shots. And then LaMelo takes and makes a lot of shots. And then Gordon Hayward fills in from there. This team doesn't get, this team isn't successful if Gordon's taking 20 shots a night. But at the same time, you've got to take at least 10. He can't just take seven, can't take five. Granted, he filled the stat sheet in other places, but at this point, you got you can't be that passive, especially if you're making $30 million at this point. Yeah, and that Toronto game was also a little bit of an outlier to me. I mean, that was such a blowout that I, yeah. I don't even think he played in the fourth along with some of his other guys. But you're absolutely right. Like, he's got to, you know, you think back to some of those games where he really got going and he had fast starts, especially before the all-star break. And that's what you like to see. And to your point, Nada, I mean, I think he's got to be involved. He's got to, you know, for what they're paying him, obviously we haven't even had that conversation so far this, this season. And that's how well he's been. That's how well he's played and how good he's been for this team. But like I said, I mean, for the better teams in the league, Gordon Hayward has to kind of be that other guy and be the guy that they paid all that money to and, and show up. It's that would have been a really, really weird triple double. If he would have pulled off, a couple more uh, field goals and, a, and another rebound there. But, you know, that's just not enough from Gordon Hayward on a night-to-night basis. Yeah, I mean, if he, if he hits just one more three and then he gets that triple-double, it's all like, three. I mean, okay. no threes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, he doesn't hit any. And you're right about that Toronto game. There there was a little bit of an outlier. But, I mean, get, he played 26 minutes in that one. He played 26 minutes against Denver. And Denver was a blowout as well. But then in this one, it, it's the same thing. And he gets 37 minutes against the Lakers. And still against Toronto, yeah, he went four of seven. But he, he didn't get to the foul line in that one, right? He went to the charity stripe zero times. He did have five assists. He's starting to facilitate a little bit more. But who else... 
I mean, Gordon Hayward is a guy that you have to rely on in the half court when your offense gets stagnant. And if he's only giving you three field goals a game, that's not what I want from Gordon. I, it, it's yeah. going to be interesting to see where uh, where we go with him going forward. Now, the other thing, though, that I would like to bring up to you guys is, is it me or are we at the point where James Brago is asking for a new center? Because the way that mm-hmm. second uh, half went screaming. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like he like we now now again, I, I tweeted this last night and I really do believe this. I think we know who the one that really wanted Wiseman was in that room. <laughs> like, I think we can yeah. obviously tell at this point. Yeah. And I'm to be honest, guys, uh, I'm with him. I think <laughs> I think a lot of us are sometimes watching uh, the two centers they have out there play is is brutal. And you know what you're giving up when you take them out and put in PJ and uh, Bridges or whomever you do to fill in that gap. But honestly, sometimes I'd rather watch that, you know, I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's tough sledding sometimes with these, the center lineup they've, they've got out there right now. Yeah. And I like Cody Zeller, right? Like I've been a defender of Cody, sure. but clearly the biggest weakness of his game has always been post defense. And that matters in, in a, in a league that prioritizes rim protection and also defending the three, if you can help it. Cody Zeller doesn't bring you either one of those things. And offensively, mm-hmm. I think he's a smart basketball player. I think he can defend in other areas. And, you know, it's it's not he's not the worst rim protector in the league, but he's also it's part of it's the weakest part of his game. And so when we talk about trading for a big guy, yeah, I don't want to, you know, give up the farm. And of course, this all is under the caveat of what you would be giving up, but it would make sense even in a circumstance like right now where you don't know if you're trying to give up too much to go all in on a playoff run, but is there, is there a happy medium at the trade deadline? Is there something where you can maybe try to find uh, some type of rim protector or a guy that's going to play better defense, someone that you can rely on that gives you some size. And I don't know what you would be giving up in that point. You know, maybe is there, I, I don't, I don't know, like uh, a, a heavily protected first, a couple of seconds, you know, like uh, a Martin, like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I'm just spitting at the top of my head, but yeah, yeah no, it would I make some that. sense. Like, I get that. Here's the problem though. And I guess this is where I'm at. Like why, if you're, if you're the Hornets front office and you know that no matter what, barring some freak injury to either LaMelo or maybe even Hayward at this point, unless there's a massive injury, why are you giving up assets to go in for a year this year that you're probably not like depending on who it is you're not getting to the second round you're probably a play in team no matter what so unless you unless it's one of those moves where you you know you're going to get to the second round i don't see the point in doing that and just waiting till the off season and probably waiting until the price comes down a little bit because this feels like Black Friday shopping right now, if you're going to do anything in terms of of a deal. Well, in all of this, all of these trade discussions, it all comes down to what you're willing to give up and not, it seems like you're putting all of the assets, anything of any value in the vault, and then you're swallowing the key. I, for one, still have the key in hand. And if you have a right offer for me, I might open it for you, but it's still protected in a vault. David, where do you stand on this? Like, are you going to be a little bit more lenient? Do you think you might have the vault unlocked and you might open it? Like, where's your stance on what you would kind of be willing to give up with that kind of scenario? Yeah, honestly, after watching the last two games, guys, it really highlighted to be the gap that still exists between this team and the real, real contenders, the like Nuggets and the Lakers. They're, they look just a step behind 
They're always running to try and catch up. And to me, that says ride with what you got right now, you know, get into the playoffs, give these young guys in this roster some experience there, and then use the off season and whatever else comes after that, the draft free agency to really try and retool and add something. Cause I just don't think you're adding anything right now. That's going to catapult you into that class of team. Uh, it's going to be very hard. And then if you have to give something else up uh, to do that, I'm certainly not giving up a couple players and I don't even want to give up picks, you know, on top of that, uh, that just feels rushed a little bit to me. And I understand you've got to start making some moves. Now you can't sit back forever. Like you have been now that you've got a guy in Lamella ball who's going to be a star. But to me, this season has gone as well as you can possibly imagine. Ride it out with this team, unless some, you know, something crazy comes along. Uh, see what this roster can do in the playoffs and get them a little experience is where I'm landing right now, especially uh, this West Coast trip is showing us. Yeah, I would I would mostly agree with that. And I, I, in fact, I, I pretty much all the way agree with that, with the caveat of there being something special out there for sure. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see what the Charlotte Hornets decide to do down the stretch. We've got a belt bar matchup once again. Um, I believe we might have repeated a couple of these because we're a little behind, but I'm going to give you an update on the bracket. So it's mint brownie playing coconut puff. It's coconut mm. almond playing cookies and cream. Those are mm. the, uh, what is called the enticing eight matchups that we have so far. Cookie dough chunk. It moves on and beats salted caramel. I believe we talked about this coconut and white chocolate birthday cake. That's a matchup that we're waiting on. And whoever wins that matchup gets to the enticing eight already asked Nada who he's got moving on. So David, I'll ask you from the flavors between just straight up coconut going against white chocolate birthday cake. Who would you rather have move on to the next round? I mean, I'm never picking coconut. So white chocolate birthday cake. You just all dismissed day. that. You dismissed coconut <laughs> so hard right there. And wow. all the other coconut flavors are moving on, but not if it's up to David Walker. Low calorie, high protein. <laughs> great for you if you're on the keto diet. Built Bar is the way to go. And make sure you go to builtbar.com. You can vote on those matchups as well as buy Built Bar with the promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 at builtbar.com. we got one more segment to go on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. And I was cutting a rug in that place, not a Funkmaster Flex. Shout out so, to him. Again, Walker, how old are you again? Uh, I am 28 years old. <laughs> I didn't know a person under 35 used cutting a rug anymore. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. When you need fantasy basketball advice, it's important that you have a reliable source. More people trust Josh Lloyd, host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball, than any other fantasy podcast. Follow the number one fantasy basketball podcast, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get your pods. Uh, real quickly, wanted to have just a couple of leftover takes from the game last night. P.J. Washington, four blocks. How about his rim protection, man? I mean, that's been a thing this season. That's been fun to watch from P.J. 7 of 12 from the field as well. Hit three of four of his three-pointers. I really like what P.J. has been doing post-All-Star break. I think he's been good, and it's nice to see him perform somewhat consistently. I mean, overall, the season, it's been a little up and down for him, for sure, but I really like what P.J. has been giving you here lately. Even if it's not been a ton of shots attempts he's shooting 48 percent from the field he's shooting 57 percent from three like i want more of the three-point attempts he's shooting 57 percent since the start of uh march and also you see him protecting the rim a little bit it's something we've talked about when you go small like that hornets can afford it a little bit more because pj and miles 
have an ability to protect the rim better than other small four fives that other teams are going to be throwing out there. And that's why I really like leaning in to the smaller lineups because, okay, yeah, certainly you would rather have a better rim protector, but PJ and miles, you can maybe get by with it. And the fact that both of them can hit threes offensively, you're really hard to stop. Yeah, no, it's, it's one of those things like, I like the small ball matchup. It forced the Lakers into doing something that they weren't comfortable with yet. And that was unveil the LeBron at five matchup. And unfortunately that's checkmate. But for most teams that don't have that kind of, that don't have a LeBron at five, it's going to (laughs) work. So for all teams, for all teams who don't have LeBron at five. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. But like, but at the same time, I do understand it. I just worry at, because the only thing that you ever worry about with that is the amount of second and third rebounds that that lineup gives up. Sure. And that extends possessions and extends defense. And if they have to work harder on defense, it almost negates what they can do on offense at times. Yeah, well, the biggest thing for me looking forward right now, guys, is do we see that lineup to start? I mean, Bonnell mentioned it, I think, uh, this morning in his game recap and the story about Zeller sitting much of the second half there. But is that what we see going forward to start games now? I mean, it's it feels like JB's moving that way to your point. Not I mean, he's just frustrated with what he's seeing out of his true fives. And he mentioned it again. We know this about Borrego. He doesn't care whatsoever about changing the rotation at the drop of a hat. He will be a mad scientist and experiment with a lot of different bodies out there on the floor with a bunch of different combinations. He also addressed last night that he can't make an emotional decision that he has to go to the film and he has to make sure he takes his time with deciding what he's truly going to do come the next game against the Clippers. I I think you see it at some point. I, you know, I I think that he probably goes back to Zeller next game. I think this was more of a, you need to bring some competitive spirit, a favorite word of James Borrego. I think that's kind of what this was in this game against the Lakers. I think though, if you see it again, then yeah, um, you might see the PJ at five lineup sooner rather than later, but there's just no telling with Borrego guys. Like he, he's all over the place with these rotations. Well, yeah. also, yeah, go, oh, sorry, go ahead. Nada. No, but like I get the rush to do this, but remember, this is the same guy that threatened that that thought, yo, you know what? I may have to pull Devontae, and it took Devontae to get hurt for any lineup change mm-hmm. to happen. I think, so I think I that's a little different, though. Like, and I totally hear you, but he loves Devontae, right? Like, I, he's always loved Devontae. I, I don't think that love has been shared to a Cody Zeller or his bigs, as you even mentioned earlier in the podcast. Yeah, no, like, that's the thing. Like, I am at the point of... Just now, like, I get it. I just worry that we're going to end up with a situation where they make a hasty trade. And granted, Mm. hasty trade may be something that we may not. Like, I just don't want them to be dumb about this. I hear you. And and let's not use assets. Let's Let's just take our time. Let's just figure this all out and move on and go from there. But most importantly, the I my whole thing is with this. At this point this season, this is at least a playing game tournament. This is a playing tournament team no matter what. You might as well just ride this out, see what you have, and then if you want to make big sweeping changes to this roster, this offseason feels like the perfect time to do it, to maximize the LaMelo ball window. Mm, Yeah. I mean, well, that's what Mitch has done so far, right? I mean, that's been his go-to move and his best move is to not make the hasty move. You know what I mean? This does feel like 
maybe the last trade deadline of you know his 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 uh, existence here, where they may not make a move. Uh, but I, I'm with you. I think we should go back to JB real quick. You know, the horror show that was the second quarter last night, and the way he kind of turned that play around at halftime and got the guys fired up, made some changes. The way they came out in the third quarter, I thought was a was a, a you know a real good. Um, Showing by JB there, he deserved a lot of credit there. Maybe we could talk about some of the other lineup uh, decisions he made later in the game that I know people were probably critical of. But uh, I thought he did a good job at least getting them back into that game from the bench because he was fired up. And I was like, JB, get a technical, do something. You know, he, he does. He's not a guy that gets a lot of technicals, but he, but he got them uh, fired up in the right way coming out for the third. Yeah, and I wonder if he's not necessarily a guy that goes to the public with his criticism a ton. We Mm -hmm. did see that with PJ at the beginning of the season where he just wasn't in shape and Borrego called him out for that. Uh, Usually every other player he's going to protect. I think he protected Gordon Hayward last night. I think he protected Cody Zeller and Bismack a little bit last night indirectly. He made some indirect comments about how they needed to be more competitive and he'll find the right rotation to get that done. He benched him. Clearly, that's what he meant. But he also didn't want to go in on those guys. Um, but you're right. Like you, he was he was fired up for sure against the Lakers because they just didn't bring it in the second quarter and they didn't have it. They had a little bit of a chance because they turned it around, but they dug themselves in a hole pretty quickly. Let's get to some other topics real quickly before we end today. Um, we get to go back to the Spectrum Center, David. I know you're excited about that. Yeah, guys, I, I went back. I, I saw live basketball. There were other people around me, which was <laughs> good and good and bad and scary. And like, I wasn't one that was, I thought I'd be jumping at going back to game guys for, for obvious reasons. But I think the Hornets, you know, kind of did everything they could and are doing everything they can getting people in the arena. Um, it was a good experience. Have you, you guys have not been back, right? Have you guys been back in the building since we were allowed? I have, I have been not. back to the Spectrum Center since, and I've had the ability to just because you know we you get the you get the one credential per media outlet, mm-hmm. and they allow you to if you want to. You got to RSVP. You got to go through this process right at the beginning. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to go. I'm just going to stay here for a while. Yeah. And so I might go back soon. But no, I haven't been back, and I would love to see how this uh, fan base responds live to a guy like Lamelo and the fun team that is the Charlotte Hornets right now. Yeah, yeah no, like I, I, I haven't been yet. I have. I'm still waiting. I'm probably like I said. I'm one vaccine away. So once I get my second mm-hmm. vaccine, I'm absolutely going. Yeah, I think so too. I, I mean, I'm one vaccine away as well. I think we all are. Congrats to all of us. We are. That. Yeah, but, um, look at us, man. Locked on vaccine right here. <laughs> <We're doing. laughs> but uh, but you know, just to give you a little insight on what they do, you know, they they stagger the entrance. Uh, depending on where your ticket is and they tell you which entrance to go into. They tell you, you know, a window of time pregame to show up, to go in. Uh, You have to pass a, uh, you know, you have to do a screening. You can do that on the app. Of course, everything at the Hornets, everything at Spectrum Center, you can do through the app. So you, you do that beforehand or when you show up. So, they're getting everyone to uh, pre-screen that where they can. Of course, masks have to be worn at all times in the building. I'll say that again. Masks have to be worn at all times in the building because apparently some people were a bit confused by that uh, in our section. And they've got people, you know, God bless the arena workers there. They are now in charge of babysitting people that got have it. forgotten that. Yeah, it's oh, ridiculous. No. Yes. Oh, no. Somehow in the last 12 months. Uh, these folks are, are going into these arenas and forgetting to have their mask all the way up. In some cases, forgetting to have them on at all. 
Uh, so the, the folks in there are doing, you know, the heavy lifting of walking up and down the aisle when they see someone not uh, complying and reminding them to put it on. So, you know, baby steps, uh, hopefully they'll get some of that ironed out as we go. For the most part, everyone is complying and doing their thing, but it's just an added step. They're wiping down the, the railings where they can and stuff. So, um, it, it, and everyone's spaced out, guys. Like, it's not like you could jump over and sit in a seat that was open. They've got all these things blocked off. I don't know if you can see that on TV. So they're doing the best they can. Hopefully we'll get a little further along and maybe some more people will be allowed in there. But all in all, you know, a, a good experience for what it is. Some nice uh, on-site reporting from the OG David Walker <laughs> here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. All right, real quickly before we end today, we had the dunk on conversation earlier this week, whether we had dunked <laughs> on somebody or whether we had been dunked on before. We got a great story from Nick Denning about how he got dunked on, and then the person that dunked on him has that picture in his beach house. <laughs> Just uh, unfortunate <laughs> for our buddy Nick Denning who put that story in, but we do appreciate it. David, you DM'd us a pretty interesting one yourself. You got dunked on by somebody not only like kind of famous, you got dunked on by what is sure to be a Hall of Famer. Hall Tell of us Famer. that story. That's right. First of all, I just want to say, if you've never been dunked on, you haven't been in a real game. Okay. So that's, that's what oh, we no. got. Oh, oh, word. That, that's what we're going to do right now. I ran away. Uh, no. So yeah, this came in a pickup game, believe it or not. Uh, I don't know, going back 10 years or so. And we used to have some really, this is probably the best games I've ever played in my life. Cause this one included uh, peppers. And uh, along the front line with me, Julius was, Peppers, uh, by the way, right? Like I, I know Peppers sure. is yeah. a last name basis, but I just want it to be clear to everyone. Julius Peppers is what this game included. Exactly. Jay Pep, uh, the, the, the future Hall of Famer, Julius Peppers, while he was playing for the Panthers, they would show up and play every once in a while. But on the front line with me was also a, a, a guy who helped back me up named Brendan Haywood. So uh, it was <laughs> Brendan Haywood <laughs> and, my, and myself on the front line. For some reason, I was checking uh, Julius every once in a while. Oh uh, but God. yeah, and, and let me tell you, you talk about just leaning up against a brick wall. I mean, that that's what it was. And I was just tr- literally like you, Walker, trying to stay out of the way, trying not to hurt him, uh, <laughs> trying not right. to hurt Julius Peppers. Right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, how it happened was there was some sort of breakaway, some sort of ball that, you know, came back uh, across the half court and was going back the other way. When I turned to go either play defense or get it. Peppers was coming uh, behind me, which I did not see. All I hear is Haywood yelling, get out of the way. And I turn <laughs> and just all the light leaves the building. Uh, I see nothing but this human form soaring over me. I, I try my best to get out of the way, but it was, it was, a, it was a full on Julius Peppers dunk. And, and I was wow. a part of it. And oh, I felt, no. I felt nothing but uh, just <laughs> fear for my life and was wow. glad I got out of there. And I, you know, I was like, that's a good play. You, you caught me on that one. Yeah. <laughs> did, did, did you, did you fall down? No, 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 I didn't fall down. Like I said, I tried my best to get out of the way, but I was definitely in the shot. It, it would have been a top shot. Uh, if it had been done today, I would have been <laughs> in the top shot. So, but Hey, look, I'll actually defend you on this. I, I, I mean, Oh no, I don't need to finish. No, no, no. That's good. Well, well here's the thing. <laughs> if it's Julius peppers right. and you don't fall down, not only is that not a moment yeah, of shame, win. you can just pound your chest on that. You went toe to toe with a, a brick playing basketball and football and you didn't fall down. I think that's a win in my book. Oh, listen, I texted it out immediately after I left the gym. So I didn't, there was no shame in my game. 
for sure. Uh, that's amazing. And uh, it's nice to hear that. I think you played with more talented players in one pickup game than I ever have in my life. And I played like a ton of basketball in my day and have Brendan Haywood and Julius Peppers in one game. Uh, JP, by the way, my favorite athlete of all time. Like oh, yeah. I, I'll always remember that 2000 final four run where he actually helped out the Tar Heels get there as yeah. an eight seed. Awesome. And then watching him dominate and be not an, uh, uh, an all decade player in one decade, but two, like how crazy is that? I, mean, I don't think people wrap their head around that enough. Julius Peppers was an all decade player in the two thousands and the 2010s in the NFL. That's absolutely bonkers. So uh shout out to you, David, for getting dunked on <laughs> by yes. legend JP. That'll do it for locked on Hornets. Thanks again. Uh, as always, for you guys supporting the show, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA, Hollinger and Duncan, really any show on the Locked On Podcast Network. Guys, thanks again. David, thanks for joining us, man. We'll do it again in a couple weeks. Hey, thanks again, fellas. See y'all soon. Absolutely. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll be back with you on Monday. <laughs>